If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, everybody. I'm Tom Vassell. Hey, everybody. It's Rado here. We're certainly glad to have you with us today uh, for Corner to Corner. And today is a different one. Instead of subtly jabbing Board Game Geek with our thoughts about their mechanisms. <laughs> Which Scott Alden is now aware of, by the way. I yes. did point it out to him. <laughs> we did tell him about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because... All joking aside, it is a, a tremendous amount of work. Uh, the website for Board Game Geek is so gigantic at this point, to make any change in it is very tricky. Yep. But anyhow, uh, and also we're not going to be doing a definitive, with no arguments allowed, top five list. Today we're just talking about Spiel, which I yes. still have a hard time. I, I'm trying to get myself into the habit of saying that. Because I've always said Essen. Oh, instead of saying just the name of the town? Yeah. Like it's the equivalent of calling a convention San Francisco, because it happens to take place in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, I think it must have started back. People would just say, I'm going to Essen for gen, you know, for, for the spiel. And Essen is an easier word, maybe, for Americans. Who knows? Either way, it's been going on. But they don't call it that. And now it's called Spiel Digital uh, because it's online. And it's starting Thursday. And let's take the whole digital versus physical thing out of it. You know, who knows? It's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Some games have already been released. Some games are being released in a few weeks. Definitely companies are not rushing to get their games there. Yeah. I, I, have to admit, I don't quite understand what it means to have a game release at, at Essenspiel Digital. I mean, Essenspiel Digital doesn't have, like, their own shop or something like that, do they? I, you know, I don't know. Gen Con had their own store, but I wasn't awfully impressed by it and mm. see it's kind of weird so I, I ordered from the Gen Con store and I got the games five or six weeks later which while I was waiting for some of them to show up I could have bought them at either a local store a few of them yeah. or yeah. from another online place so what's the benefit I figure you know when you go to a convention people buy games because it's right there and then in your hand you're talking to designer and publisher you can do a little of that on, on, on a digital con, but not quite the same way. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yes, spiel does mean to play or game, uh, but that's what they call it. Yes, I believe the full title is Eschen Spiel Taga because it's, the full title is, is Play Day or Game Day or something like that. Yeah, um, so I'm doing uh, on our channel, we'll be doing some live playthroughs of games starting tomorrow. Uh, we shifted everything by a day because I want to take Sunday off. Uh, it's it's interesting. Most conventions, Sunday is a wind-down day, but not mm. at the Spiel. It is. It still goes to 6 o'clock, one hour shorter. Ooh. Yeah. And people do not slow down in coming all the way up to the end. Mm-hmm. So, so what we're doing today is we're going to be looking at the game's release. Now, Eric Martin, who is the news editor of Board Game Geek, puts together a list every year for the different cons that come out. He does a fantastic job of this. Uh, it's a lot of work, and it is incredibly useful. I use it all the time. Yes. And so we figured we would show that off here. Now, this one's going to be a little different than normal because of the fact that it's digital, and there's possibly some games on here that are not at the spiel. Or is there a way to do that, to check only ones that are at the spiel? Um... I think there might be actually. I didn't even occur Click to me. Click filters. Just said that. I think then you can check filter by digital. spiel only. All right, hang on. I'll add that filter in. Um, yeah, you can have pick up at event. What, what event? There is no event, but you can you can tick spiel digital, which means the list goes from 364, which is what we were about to talk about, down to 231. So I guess we should do that as well. All right, hang on. This filter thing keeps popping on and then off. All right, I touched it. I'm not touching anything else. 
We were totally prepared, folks. Well, I was, so I read that comment there. All right. So I need to check that. And let's apply it. Oh, is Ray Cathedral going to make it? It did. Okay. It did. <laughs> All right. I don't know what we lost, but I'm still ready to talk about this stuff. All right, but before we do that, you got to tell us what's on the table in front of you. It's oh, tradition. Oh, uh, this. Uh, hopefully it's on this list. This is Pandoria Merchants, which is the roll and write of a, of a Iron Games game that came out a couple of years ago called Pandoria. And this is fantastic. This is probably, at this point, I would say the second heaviest roll and write on the market after Roman roll. It has so much going on. Jen and I were really blown away by it when we played it uh, the first time uh, a few days ago. And I was just filming it yesterday, and it's still out. And it's it's phenomenal. It's really, really Actually, good. I don't... I think I've played at least one heavier game than Roman Roll. Oh, really? Uh, was it Lorenzo or something? It was a really small game, but it was fairly chunky. But... Hmm. All right, well, let's see if we come across it on the list. So we'll start with... This surprises me, actually, that this one is higher than us, although me and Rado were just talking that the, they just added Rosenberg's games to the list, so there's no way <laughs> yep. they're going to make the top. But uh, Red Cathedral from DeVere Games. Now, I've played this. I'll be reviewing it. No, no, I just reviewed it. I think it. you already have. I think you put a video up the other day. I've yet to watch it. So this game is a rondelle, dice in a rondelle, and you move them around, and if they land where other dice are, you then take the action equal to the number of times but you can also kind of upgrade your dice. So when you move a dice, you also get a bonus and you're building a cathedral. I found it to be a lot of game in that small box. Mm. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think I gave it eight out of 10. That's pretty high. Would you say it warrants being the hottest game of Essence Spiel 2020? No, but <laughs> I haven't. Uh, f folks, I'm going through this list uh, for one of the first times, actually. So we'll okay. see. I'll, I'll come back and redeclare it. Although, I'm right. going to argue that the second game here is hotter already. I would think so, yes. There a lot of people are very excited about Lost Ruins of Arnak from Czech Games Edition. Seems like they have sent out copies to every reviewer in the universe for this game. CG doesn't um, fool around when it comes to marketing, and it works, yeah. folks. Publishers who are wondering, it works. I just got the <laughs> actual final product of it yesterday, and mm -hmm. this is a heavy game, and by that I mean physically, it is a chunker. Oh. I'm really pumped about it. I like the theming of it. I haven't played it yet. I think we're playing it tomorrow, maybe, or soon. Oh, it'll be one of your live It marathon. will be. Yeah. It has, if I hadn't known who the publisher was, I would have been able to tell by the graphic design that it was CG. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks good. It looks, it looks I, good. Anything from CGE gets an instant must-play as far as I'm concerned. I would argue that any big game from CGE, yes. What, are you not a Letter Jam fan? What are you talking about? Oh, that's true. That's true. Letter Jam is good. But some of the smaller games, uh, you do remember they have the company that made Bunny Bunny Moose Moose. <laughs> I, I can't say that I've tried Bunny Bunny Moose Bunny Moose. Bunny Bunny Moose Moose, but I think. I, you've just sold me on it. <laughs> that's, yeah, I don't think it works with two players, though. Anyway, <laughs> no. so you have not played this one yet. No, I have not. It, like you said, it just showed up in the mail for me yesterday as well. I don't know if I'll have time to do it this week. But uh, I am looking forward to it. It seems like it's their big, big push of the year, this game. This next one I have not played or gotten yet, but I'm pumped. It's for two reasons, or three reasons. One, it's from DLP Games, who made Orleans, which I really like. Two, it's Alexander Pfister. Very good pedigree there. And mm -hmm. three, that's an amazing cover. It is beautiful art. And let's not forget number four, because... Alexander Pfister continues his uh, mission of bringing narrative campaign play into Euros, and I know you love that so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's take a look at the board for it. Yeah, okay. Did they drop a bunch of cotton on it? Huh. Oh, maybe those are tiles. Huh. Well, that looks unusual. It almost looks like it has a Mad Max look to it. Yeah, I think it is some kind of post-apocalypse we had to escape to the air kind of thing. All right, I'm S cool. Scenario. Me, I'm just excited. Yeah, I mean, you have me at Fister just instantly. Um, and engine building, deck building, resource management, yes. But a campaign system that makes it easy to start playing quickly with new elements introduced as players progress through the, camp the chapters and you experience and help guide the story, yes, please. 
I know we don't see eye to eye on it, but I still think this is the future of Euro games. Alexander Fister is on the cutting edge, and I'm always excited to see the how future he of Euro games. Nah, I, I mean I can and see this happening. Completely ignore all of it. You'll practically spit in the man's face. I don't care about any of that work. I just want to play this as a standalone. Game. Maracaibo and is amazing. Don't need that extra stuff. <laughs> all right. Uh, this next one sounds super boring from the name. Um, but then, and even the theme, build the medieval city of Prague by choosing from six ever-changing actions. However, it's delicious games and Vladimir Suchi. You would want to be involved in the development of it. But yeah, a delicious game, Vladimir Suchi, one of the best Euro designers in the universe. And I have played this, and it's fantastic. Uh, you know, this is basically his big box follow-up to uh, Underwater Cities, which made a big splash, what was it, two years ago, I think? That was <laughs> Delicious Games' first game. And uh, this one is even bigger. It's got so many components packed in the box. It's a very fast-playing and yet incredibly crunchy, rich game. Uh, it ha kind of has almost a Zolkin vibe because it has a big spinning dial on the board that modifies the value of all the different actions you can do as you're playing. Well, that I like. Yeah, I, I like this stuff a lot. I'll be playing it live um, this Saturday. Is Currently, that's my plan to play this one because Jen just wants to play it again. And I'm like, okay, i got to do a live video, so maybe we should do that one. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that one. All right, yeah. then we have Bonfire. And here we have, hopefully, the return of Stefan Feld. He's been kind of... He hasn't hit the biggest games of the year for the past couple of years. Um, other than, I guess, he just had the reprint of... Um, not reprint, but sequel to Castles of uh, Burgundy, the Castles of uh, Tuscany. Tuscany, yes. Um, but Bonfire. Now, I will say the name is cool, but maybe if I take a closer look, I'm not sold by that cover. Uh, this is going to be another one of his games like, uh, what was it, Aquasphere, where <laughs> you will dismiss it as, why did we even bother to put theme in this? It's all a bunch of meaningless mechanisms, barely held together by the thinnest of themes. And that's the same case here, because apparently it's a fantasy universe where all of our people have disappeared and we're trying to light bonfires to let them find their way home. But really, this is felled at his crunchiest just um, you know, converting resources into actions to make victory points. And uh, supposedly it's great, but I haven't played it yet. I'm very excited to, but I have yet to receive a review copy of it. I'm hoping I do before the end of the year, fingers crossed. Whoever is doing that, make sure I get it for Rado. Um, yeah. Here's the deal. I actually go into a Feld game expecting there to be no theme, so it doesn't really bother me. But yeah. Aquasphere, the theme was so cool. You know, I really love that idea of the underwater habitat stuff. That's that. That was actually I still didn't like the game, regardless. But I don't yeah. mind. Like I like Trajan zero theme. You know it is. But this this one looks good. Yeah, I'm sure it's great because of course it's felt, so it must be. I did for uh, some folks like me might be a bit worried. Apparently, it's a bit more cutthroat than what he normally gives us. I heard somewhere. Cutthroat is okay. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. All right. The next one here. Good luck. Here what, we go. What'd you say the next one was? I'm, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Uh, I'm done. <laughs> I think it's Polis. <laughs> it's the Inca Empire. <laughs> okay, this one, I just got in. I would love to play this uh, soon, but uh, it's just not going to make it this week. So next week oh, it it's... came in too late to make it into your... Um... Yeah, I did make it into that playthrough, but I'll be playing it next week and be flipping it. I like the I'm gonna T series. I'm going to take my best guess, by the way, because somebody should. Tawan Tinsuyu is what I'm going to assume. The Inca Someone Empire. gave me a, a shortened thing. Like, I want to see you or to want to see oh. you. <laughs> I don't remember what someone gave me, like, a, a no, uh, a way to remember how to say it, and I forgot it. All right, anyhow, it looks good. I like the T-series. If you start with Zulkin, Teotihuacan, Tris Majestis, and what's the, um, the one that came uh, out this summer? Tekanu. Uh, Tekanu. I think, yeah. that, you know, that's... I'm I, all I mean, for this that. is from Dave Turchy, though. Although, you know, his name is Turchy, but, uh, you know, the previous games in what some people call a T-Series are Daniel Taschini games. And as far as I know, Taschini is involved with this. But I guess Borden Dice, they're just... We'll take any big T we can. And um, 
all I know is I haven't really looked at this very much, but it is from Dave Turchi. I'm always interested in any design he does. He's a, he's a little um, on even the heavy I don't side. Like his games, I think they're really well considered, and I love how he just keeps reinventing himself, coming up with new stuff every. He does not rest on his laurels. He's always trying, um, you know, to push new boundaries. He's also the king of solo. If a game has a solo variant, it's probably by him nowadays. It's either him or Morton Peterson and company. One of them. Yep. All right. And I imagine this, I'm sure, has a solo. And wouldn't it be ironic if Dave didn't do it, but the Otama Factory did it instead? That would That'd be... be ultimate team up. Uh, sure. Uh, the board isn't selling me on it, but then again, who knows? It might be fantastic once you play it. Um, yeah. th- with this kind of game, I'm not... Although I do like the colors, and a pentagon makes me happy. It's not a hexagon. It's something different. <laughs> uh, the next one, Polis, is a two-player... Now, this is a reprint, actually, yep. of an older game, and that cover is phenomenally cool. The game, when you look at the back of the game, because this came in, um, it looks like a almost a war game for two players. Yep. Actually, as I recall, because I looked at covering this when the original one came out a few years ago, and I stopped when somebody told me, yeah, this is a war game for Euro fans. And I'm yeah. like, oh, well. Move on. It looks really nice. I mean, this, uh, they are really... This is the second game DeVere has in the top list here. They're really uh, hitting it up on... Their year. They're pushing. Well, of course, then, right underneath them, just like underneath number one, another Czech Games edition. This is Under Falling Skies. Yep. This one I have not played because it's a solo game, and so I already have several solo gamers here at the Dice Tower headquarters. So, <laughs> I mean, I might do it. I was just... Right before we recorded, I was looking at the box. This is another... Very heavy physical game. Yep. And I was very impressed with how it looked. It looked like a Space Invaders board game. Yeah. For a solo game. I, I'm sure it's great. We're Actually, my copy of it just showed up yesterday, too. And they sent two copies. One which is the retail copy and then one which is a special copy that doesn't have story spoilers for use in run-through videos like mine, which I was very surprised by. Um, which, therefore, implies it's got a strong narrative element to it as well. I will now go out and look at the two copies because there's two copies. I just assumed they were duplicates. Nope, they are not. All right. Calico is not technically new. This came yeah. out closer to Gen Con, although it's possible that it was only sent out to Kickstarter backers. Kickstarter backers, yeah. And now it's getting the full release. Either way, fantastic abstract game. Yeah, it is wonderful. Right now, it's my number one favorite game of the year, unless you consider Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. So it'd really be my number two. And I'm sure it won't be by the end of the year because lots of cool stuff is coming. But, man, we were so blown away by this one the first time we played it. It's just gorgeous. It's fast. It's super crunchy. I guess maybe for some people kind of analysis paralysis prone, that would be my only warning to people because it will really make you work. And you wouldn't think it. It just looks like a cute, charming little game along the lines of a patchwork. But it is so much more than that. All right. This one just came in the mail today. Polynesia. Oh. I'm really, jealous. Really cool little font. I don't know much about it other than it's from Ludanova. Uh, has a cool looking board. Looks a little abstract. But, um, yeah, looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I just like the designer. Per Sylvester, I think he does very good work. He's kind of flying under the radar. Doesn't get as much attention as he should. Well, so what's he done here? The Lost Expedition. The King is Dead. North American Railways. Judge Dread. The Cursed Earth. Well, that's the same as Lost Expedition, actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. I have not played many of his games, actually. Oh. You I spread your wings. Yeah, you're right. I don't play enough games. All right. <laughs> All right, the next one here is Paris. This is the new Game Brewer game. Now, this one is a little interesting to me because it says... Hang on, let me look at the publisher because I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Yeah, if I if you notice, this is a Euro game here from Game Brewers, but unlike previous years, I'm not seeing a co-branding with Tasty Minstrel. Wow. That's true. Tasty Minstrel has really fallen off... Uh... Off the radar. They have. And yeah. so because of that, I'm curious who has the English distribution for this game. Because I don't think Game Brewer... I don't see a lot of their games here unless they've been brought over, like I said, from Tasty Minstrel. I might be wrong on that one. This one 
has a cool looking board. It looks like another crunchy Euro game. It's a Kramer and Kiesling game. And so like all of their games, it's incredibly thinky and yet incredibly simple and elegant at the core of it. It's kind of a worker placement game where uh, your workers have to keep on. You, you can't just go wherever you want. Once you've gone to a certain place, you've cut off areas that are below that. So you have to keep working your way up. Uh, you know, up, you know, up like their property market, basically. And so, I mean, you could jump and get the best properties right away, but then, oh, I've just left all the other stuff for you and the and my opponent. So, you know, trying to judge that is a big part of the game, and it was really sharp. All right, then we have the Castles of Tuscany. I just mentioned this one earlier. The sequel, the Castles of Burgundy. Uh, I was talking to Z. He's played this. He told me it has a lot of similarities. You know, one is based on the other. And it feels a little streamlined compared to the original. I am hoping they send me a review copy because I am Mr. Feld and I have not seen one yet. <laughs> well, uh, Z is not Mr. Feld, actually, but uh, his girlfriend... Well, Castle Z doesn't Burgundy, like it anymore. Have him send it to me. Yes. No, listen. His girlfriend's favorite game is Castles of Burgundy. So oh, I had to well, send this I over. Like the, I had to send this over in that direction and uh, to see what they thought of it. I think Z's review of that will be going up soon. All right, Hansa Teutonica Big Box. Have you seen this yet? Because this is like a, in the, I, I keep hearing about this, but where is it? Uh, no, I, I'm really surprised. I'm just surprised this exists. Um, I mean, Hansa Teutonica is a brilliant design, but I thought it was going to be one of the ones lost for the ages. So it's great that like pretty much an entire new generation of gamers gets to play it. Um, it is interesting that it's, three to five, because I know the second printing of Hansa Teutonica, uh, was, is, is it Andreas, I think is the designer, he went back and he did a new two-player variant for it, but now I'm thinking maybe they dropped it, and they just said, nope, forget about it, two players, this is three to five player game. I don't know. I was kind of hoping they would upgrade the theming of it, because it's fall asleep boring. I like Hansa Teutonica a lot. It's actually a game that has like a tech tree in it to some degree, but there is yeah. no theme and I was hoping they'd make it at least look a little more interesting. It does not. Um, but it's still a good game. Yeah. I will add it to the Dice Tower Library. I'll probably actually play it because it's been a decade or more since I played it. I'm sure you'll have a great time. Uh, yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover. That I judge books by the cover all the good. time. Make your covers look interesting, people. <laughs> Let that be a warning to you, publishers. Trois dice. Judge you. Speaking of boring covers, um, now I cannot defend this cover. No, for trois, <laughs> for trois dice. Have you played it yet? Yes, uh, we just uh, played it this weekend. Had a great time. It's this is not trois the dice game where you know because the gameplay is very very different. Pretty much, it just has the setting. Um, but oh yeah, you mean like medieval? Three different facets of of the society, but. Uh, it's a very, very different game and very fun. Really, pretty unique roll and write um, in the way that it works. That every round, it's bingo style. Every round, there's going to be some dice. Everybody can choose them and develop their version of Twan completely different directions. And it was, it's not super crunchy, but it has surprising depth. I thought. I believe I sent this I'll to have a video Z also. Probably in the next couple days. And also, then Z reviewed Detective of Modern Crime Board Game Season One. This is a Smaller, crunchier detective. Not crunchier, sorry. Really? Smaller, less involved, I think. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry, I know, crunchier. No, you can't get much more crunchy than detective. So it's a little more... I shouldn't say a little. I believe it's a lot more streamlined. And so really? I'm, I'm kind of excited about that because I love detective, but I don't always have the time to spend to, to play it. Yeah. It was a big investment, definitely. In time to play. All right, then we have Clever Hawk Dry from Wolfgang Warsh. Huh, this is one I have not heard about, but is it this? This is the three times as clever? Yep, yep. Will this be, uh, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I played the first one, I thought it was clever, just did not care for the complete and total lack of theme, and so I never looked at the second one. Wait a minute. I'm sure Wait a minute. Continued Who's complaining about and theme? And I continue to wish they hadn't cut out the farming theme that was in the original prototype. I know you don't care, but... No, I don't care about, like, I don't think a roll and write really needs a theme. Here's the thing. I like the first one. It's fine. And the second one, 
was fine, but it didn't. It felt like the first one reimagined. And looking at the scoring sheet here, it's just another scoring sheet. I think they should have just put the rules for all three and the same dice in each game. That's what I'm guessing, but whatever. It will sell. Yep. Fayum. Fayum. Uh, I did not expect that. I don't know anything about this. Uh, Friedman Fries tends to make his games look really cool or really boring. Unfortunately, this this background it and board... It definitely looks on the boring side. This looks like but a 90s game, let, doesn't it? Let me pitch it? it to you. From what I understand, um, it is a deck builder. But in this deck builder, as you play cards and you put them in your discard pile, eventually there will come a point where the next cards you have to play come from the top of your discard pile. So it's uh, first in, last out. As I keep on playing cards, I am defining the order of events I am going to be able to do in the future. So you have to really pay attention and do a lot of forward thinking that, okay, I could do these three things right now, but then those would be terrible to do in reverse order later on. I'm really intrigued by that idea. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it's a fine game. I really tend to like 2F games. I just don't know this one looks like it's designed in 2020. Yeah. Monasterium. Another DLP oh, yeah. game, but this one's lesser known, mostly because I don't believe I know this designer. I think it's a first-time designer. No, he did El Gaucho, oh. Pagoda, and ooh, oh. he did Sharf Shulton, which is a good trick-taking game I like. Festo, which was okay. I would like to rescind my I think he's a first-time designer observation. Huh. Well, have you seen this one? Um, what I understand of it is it's a dice worker placement game um, doing Euro-y type things. And the cool element of it is, I, you know, on my turn, I roll all the dice, and I don't do the actions right away. Instead, we're kind of building up a depot of dice on these different worker placement actions. And so what you do is, if, if you rolled like three threes and a one and a two, I really want to set up for a number two action. But, that, but if I, I place all three threes, I'll be making the number three action much more powerful. But the thing is, you don't do them immediately. After all the dice have been placed, making some actions better than others, we then take turns drafting the dice off of those. So I might have made um, action number three really powerful, but then your first, you might s scarf all those up. So there's a really interesting you know, setup and payoff interaction between players that does sound very cool. The rest I don't know. I just thought that sounded like a really neat action selection mechanism. All right, so two things. One, John wants, I, I give Rado a compliment. Rado saves a stream. Tom can only comment, is it boring or not? One would expect more from a professional board game reviewer. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <laughs> I win! You do. Uh, I win the internet. Secondly, right. I think if we look at last year's Spiel and Gen Con, there was a distinct lack of big box euros there was very few actually really there was very few over last year in general there's a lot coming out right now That's an interesting observation oh thank you now he's going to disprove it but before we get to that let's take a look at micro macro crime city that's no, this one i i i don't know i like the title you're looking at these scenes i really like this artwork I have seen this. This seems so cool. This is turning Where's Waldo into a board game, basically. Or yeah. into a deduction mystery solving game. Well, look how big it is. Yeah, it's huge. It's gigantic. It'll cover your wall, I guess. Or maybe not that big, but... So it looks like you turn over a card, and then you're going to look for scenes in this big thing, this giant city map, 75 by 110 centimeters. That's pretty big. And you will... I guess there's different cases on the same one. I love Where's Waldo. My only worry about this one is, I wonder why it's in black and white. I think maybe it's just easier to see things on it. I was, a color would be cool, but I used to look at Where's Waldo books forever when I was young. I love those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. No, it seems like a really, really clever kind of family experience. All right. Paleo. Uh, this is about dieting. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I am a paleo advocate, so I'm all about it. Here's the thing that's interesting to me about this. I haven't really done much research because I didn't feel like I need to. First of all, Hans and Gluck always puts out solid designs. You know, I mean, 
they, they don't have a bad design amongst them. I mean, some they're not always the most exciting games, but they're always really solidly designed Euros. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. I don't know if they've ever done a co-op game. Hans and Gluck? Yeah. I haven't looked. I probably should have. I'm going back in my head here. No. I mean, they must have somewhere along the line. It's not their thing. It is definitely not their thing. And, um, you know, the fact that they have decided to make a co-op Euro set in prehistoric times, their big push of the year, I'm always interested in whatever they do. It's just always a safe bet that we will enjoy the game. So I'm I'm really intrigued by that, though, because I figure it must be something really special. Because uh, they don't normally do this. I think it looks really good. And the co-op thing, there certainly is a lot of co-op games now, so I'd be curious to see what this one adds differently. Yeah. Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. Get it. Enough said. That's all you need to know. <laughs> it is fantastic. So you'll yeah. have fun playing it. Although I highly differ from Mr. Richard Ham. What do you mean? I believe the order is 102. I would love to debate you on that. Maybe we can do it at some point in the future because it'd be way too spoilery. I just but don't feel. I, I, I feel like the. I, could, I feel like if the I spoilers. All from my mind, I would want to play them zero one two definitely. Uh, gameplay wise, you it has to be the other way because you would feel a step down if you went zero one two. One would feel less exciting after playing zero, because they learn lessons game wise from one. Also, there. I know he talks about spoilers, but the spoiler is so minuscule that it, it, it all it does is lead you into the first one. So I don't feel like it's a big deal. It's kind of like if you watch a movie and then you watch a prequel and you're like, oh, so that's John's father. That's the spoiler it is. Big deal. Nobody's anybody's father necessarily. That was not a spoiler, folks. Don't worry. No. And by the way, a- I just did a search. Hans and Gluck, they have one co- a co-op game in their library. It's Paleo. According to Board Game Geek. All right, the next one I'm I'm a little excited about here, 2491 Planet Ship, because this re-implements City of Spies Astro 1942. Which was an excellent game, yes. It really was. It's a game that did not get a lot of love. Last year, Mebo published a deluxe version of it. Oh, so, I didn't know that. So this year they're doing the same thing, but in space. Now, the artwork here is a little wonky. It's... And, and I haven't set up my copy yet to look at it. I hope it looks a little less confusing than this picture. In this picture, there is a lot of stuff going on. Oh, you're saying it's like it's overwhelming? It's visually... Do you feel that way a little? It looks like a little... <laughs> Maybe... I don't know. You have a physical copy. You tell us. I haven't opened it up yet. There's a lot of games. <laughs> I, just, I just got it. But, but, I, but I'm excited about it because I like the original game. Yeah. <gasps> Whistle Mountain. That's it's as as that is a really special game. It is. It's so in Whistle Mountain, it's a worker placement game, and the, you get to actually customize the spots you put the workers in, which is a really cool idea. So you're placing these tiles on the board, and depending on how you place them, when you place these airships down, you will get a variety of different things. I just think it's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is not the first game that has the, oh, it's a worker placement game where we kind of design the board as we go. But you uh, players have so much flexibility and freedom. Because you're not only building the worker placement spots, you're building the scaffolding that will hold them. And it has different functions. And I don't know, I have heard some people complain. I'm curious, Tom, what do you think about the theme? Because it's wacky. Oh, sure. But the theme makes me laugh. It's like, ah, you let a guy fall in the whirlpool. Rescue him. No one dies. You just lose points because they, they, like, they had to swim in a whirlpool for a really long time. And they're like, oh, why didn't you rescue me earlier? I don't know. I just think it's funny. That's my point as well. It's whimsical and silly. It kind of realizes it's silly and leans into it and said, look, just have some silly fun. Yes, it doesn't necessarily make sense that we're going to build this gigantic contraption at the bottom of a valley that we know is going to flood. But who cares? you got to save all your drowning workers. You know, It's really fantastic. My only complaint about the game is I think a lot of people might walk by it because the last game, Whistle Stop, looks like this game. They both have the word whistle in it. The first expansion for Whistle Stop was Whistle Stop Mountain. I th- oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Uh, okay. Well, let me double check on that. I, wanna, I don't want to give incorrect information, but I think – well – yeah. Plus, people might just be assuming. Well, I already played Whistle Stop. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think it's I Whistle Stop Rocky Mountains expansion. 
this game is so radically different than Whistle Stop. Yeah, so I if mean, you like one, that does not mean you'll like the other. Exactly. I, I yeah. really feel like they're different. The only thing they have in common is they both have whistles in them. That, I was, yes. And the whistles and Whistle Stop are much more important because if you don't have whistles and Whistle Stop, you are in some serious trouble. And Whistle Mountain, they're a wild resource, which is useful until yeah. you buy the upgrade that makes coal wild, which is amazing. Um, oh, I like the game. Yes, folks, it's just as exciting as Tom just made it sound. It's wild. wild coal. All right. So I was so excited about Rajas of the Ganges of Dice Chimers because I thought it was an expansion. Then I found oh. out it was a roll and write, and I was like, oh. So, <laughs> no, I mean. Are you getting roll I, and write fatigue? Oh, for sure. I mean, isn't everybody? But it's not so much that. It's that. Usually a roll and write is going to be very different than the board game, or at very least it's going to be not not as good usually. I, there's very few roll and writes where I'll say, the roll and write's better than the game. I love Rajas. I think it's one of the best games I've ever played. And, wow. I and feel so strongly. I really wow. do. It's, there's a lot of things about it that has dice drafting. It has the little Carcassonne building, the tiles, which I like. It has a really neat scoring system. Yeah, the two scores that meet up together, yeah. This it, looks, it was a very, very cool game. This looks like the same thing. Um, well, it is the same designers. Inca and Marcus Brand, they, um, and are, they are checking out. They are amazing designers. So, all right, Monster Expedition. So Monster Expedition is from Alexander Pfister, and it is set yes. in the world. Well, don't get too excited. Yes. Eh. It's set in the world of... Uh, Monster Carnival, Carnival which was or Carnival from Monster, one or the other. Richard Garfield. Yeah. Now that was a drafting game. This is a dice push your luck style game, and I would say it's most similar to Las Vegas, actually. Okay. Oh, so you played this? I have. Okay, and so this is on the lighter side. This is not a typical big box crazy. It is million. not even remotely heavy. Wow, I had no idea. Me and Mike DeLucio have been arguing all weekend about this because he thinks it's quite a good game, and I think it's a pile of blah, 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 blah and that's actually higher, th- higher than my opinion I think the publishers should send me a review copy so they can get a third opinion. <laughs> yeah. um, it feels like a clunky Las Vegas to me, but, wow. you know, be that as it may, go watch Mike's review. He only played it solo, though, so what does he know? All <laughs> right, Small World Warcraft. It's small world with a new theme and a few tiny rule changes. But that's yeah. great because I like it. I think it's great because it'll probably bring a lot of people who never would have thought about playing a board game into the hobby. I agree. Yeah. All righty. Um, Sidereal Confluence. This is one game that you will never play, I would <sighs> imagine, since it's four to nine players. So. If I had a chance, I would certainly play this, because I actually do like negotiation. I enjoy it. And... Oh, I know that. I'm just saying that. And here's the deal. I've played this with the low end before. Okay. It, you need probably six for it to really shine, to really okay. shine, because it's kind of like Dune. There's all these aliens, and it's a really interesting theme. All these aliens are getting together to essentially create a universal harm, harmonious system. Yeah. You just kind of want it to be done a little bit your way. <laughs> so you're cooperating. You're not trying to, like, beat everyone else. You just want the vision to be yours. It's hard to explain. It's still competitive as all get out. But everyone has very distinct special abilities, and it is one of the best negotiating games there is. And it's finally done with a cover that you aren't ashamed to have on your shelf. Yeah. Speaking of weird covers, this next Mebo game, I, I I stared at the cover of this for a long time now. Trying to uh, understand what you're seeing, looking at. Yeah. So <laughs> apparently these are some sort of weird monsters that terrorize, but their feet are sticks. It must just be the artwork. Yeah. And I believe they're monsters that come after people in Portugal. I I haven't yep. looked over the game too much. I mostly just keep staring at that cover, trying to hide from it. Uh, it looks interesting. Um, yeah, I believe if I recall correctly, we are playing as the monsters and we're moving around the board, trying to corral people and, you know, and capture them. Uh, if I recall correctly, that's what it is. And there's different people. We're trying to do different objectives and whatnot. Right. I, I want to like it. 
So, hopefully. Yeah. Here's a game I wasn't expecting. Shot and Totten 2. Finally! What? Feels like we've been waiting forever for the long-awaited sequel. What are you talking about? No one's been waiting for this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm perhaps being a bit uh, hi- hyperbolic there, yes. It says in this this time, so if you've never played Shot and Totten, Shot and Totten, which was remade as Battle Line and then remade as Shot and Totten, is one of the greatest back-and-forth two-player games of all time. If you like Lost Cities, you might like it. As you play groups of three cards at different locations and you want to have a better group than the other person. Very simple, great game. Here's Here's a question. Is this compatible? Can you mix and match with with the first um, deluxe reprints of Shot and Totten and mix and match units or whatnot? I wonder. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Kenichi has definitely been revisiting a lot of his old classics and doing new things. <laughs> Anytime I see a new Kenichi game, I'm like, what's this a, re- a re-implementation? <laughs> yeah. All right, Isle of Cats. This one is the only thing that's special about this in, is essentially this is finally coming out in German. Yeah, so for, so for people in Germany, this is a really big deal. And yep. uh, it should be because this is a great polyominal game. Yes, one of the best. Devier oh. is back. Wait a minute. That's interesting. I just saw that the 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 the, the, the uh, description says rescue as many cats as you can before Lord Vesh arrives and destroys their homes. Yes. Did you not know what you were doing at the Isle of Cats? I knew I was rescuing cats. I didn't know anything about any Lord Vesh. But... Oh, there's the evil Lord Vesh. Ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. The theme is always there, Tom. You just gotta look for it. Out of this world, which is a bunch of high schoolers, who are you're. It's a cooperative game. And you yep. are attempting to do some sort of mission. There's multiple missions in the game. Uh, it is not necessarily an IP game, but it is 100% uh, inspired by Stranger of, Things. I think a lot of developers <laughs> got uh, inspired around the same time a few years ago when they first saw Stranger Things. And everybody started working on, well, I can make the board game out of it. And this is the latest one. What I don't understand is why three-player minimum? That's just weird. Um, okay, so I've, I've played it. I, I think oh, okay. I think it might be too easy with two. All right. Uh, because in this game, you're going around and you are kind of revealing cards in front of you. And sometimes you're, you're helping each other. I think with two players, it might be too easy. You, the information would be a little too easy to keep track of. That's just a guess. Mm-hmm. I, I've played, I think, I think I've played with five. I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. It's a clever game that has a bunch of scenarios. I'm not convinced you need the scenarios per se. They, 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 they're just like minor rule changes to the game. The, so, I mean, I guess you could pick one, but I don't know that I felt strongly like there's this continuous story. You would like yeah. it. You'd like that stuff. All right. Cloud City. Extremely simple game. We played this on the Dice Tower channel. Um, connecting buildings, putting walkways back and forth. It's your typical Phil Walker Harding. Simplicity is king. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of times, I, my problem with Blue Orange games are there. I would love to play this if I had kids. You know, as in a family scenario. Would you say this game stands on its own as a gamer game, or is it a little bit too much on the light side, as is often the case? With well, I wouldn't ones? say kids, but it's definitely a gateway style game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, sure. But I don't know that that's bad. We need more of those games. Blue Orange is a master at putting those out. Oh, yeah, totally. That is that is their niche. The next game was at Dice Tower West, and everyone was raving about it. They were playtesting it there. Yeah, did you play it? No, because it wasn't wasn't done yet. I, I wait for the Oh, finish. you should have, Tom. Cubitos is excellent. But here's the deal. You probably have played it if you played an earlier game from AEG called Automobiles. I love automobiles. Oh, oh I mean, except trains and automobile series. Automobiles was the dice drafting, uh, you know, formula race game. Yeah. This takes that same basic idea and takes it to an 11. It just blows it up and adds tons of cool special abilities and, you know, modular boards. And um, it, it makes you say, what? Automobile? What? I don't even remember that anymore because this just, um, you know, enhances what was already a really sharp game and makes it. Just silly, goofy fun as these cubes are racing around. And, yeah, I, w- I played it a few times as well, and I was blown away by it. I know Suzanne Sheldon almost tried to steal it. She, she, tried she to was threatening to, for sure. I heard nothing but good, and it's now finally coming out. 
says release date November 6th, not too far away. 66 is a little pricey, but hopefully it's really good. Yep. Super Skill Pinball 4K, one of my favorite roll rights. Well, actually. I really need to play this game. Let me rephrase it. It is my favorite roll right. I really like it. But I love pinball, and finally there's a game about pinball. Fantastic Reich. This is from Bruce. Fantastic Reich? It's from Bruce Glasgow. So Bruce has also done, uh, what's the game he did that everyone knows him for? Oh, Betrayal House on the Hill. Oh, well, hello. And Fantasy Realms. So I don't know. This is a small, oh, never mind. Wait, oh, this, this is a German version of Fantasy Realms. It, no, I believe, if I'm correct, I thought it was a sequel. I'm looking at the description. It's Fantasy Realms, Alf Deutsch. You're right. Okay. I I, well, here's the thing. I knew they were making a sequel to Fantasy Realms. Oh, I see. And so I thought this was it. I was a little excited there. Oh well. No. Now you have to only now you can only be excited for the Germans. Well, speaking of Germans, we got the Puerto Rico, the new version yes. of that from Elias coming out, which will probably be a normal board game, but they're gonna call it the Lux. <laughs> and Detective, we're starting to hit stuff that we know about. Seven Wonders yep. Second Edition, Tammany Hall. Oh, this one looks cool. Oh, this one, I, yeah, I, this one kind of mind-boggled me when I first heard about it. Athenaeum Mystic Library. That's interesting, right? I like the idea of this, but this is the second game about a How magical many library. Bookshelf management games does one publisher need in their catalog? Isn't that weird? I thought the last one was a really neat idea, and now they're doing it again. This one looks cool. I like. For I know this is weird. I like the idea of sorting out books. I find, I find organizing my game collection very therapeutic. I, I think this is a really cool idea. It's just weird to me that the same company is making the same weird theme. Apparently, you are their target audience. I, I guess I. I mean, it's not. I mean, I like the theme, but it. I, I don't. Renegade is a good publisher. They have good instincts. You gotta assume as they're sitting around the table saying, "Right, so should we pick this one up?" Well, we just did the other. No, okay, we got to. I mean, I guess maybe that just speaks. To it must be it that is. good they of a game. Decide to have a second <laughs> magical library sorting game. Crazy. All right, then we got Mini Express. This is. Um, this is a follow-up to Mini Rails, which I hadn't played, but I heard was very, very good. Not from me. Whoa! Not a fan of the Mini Rails. Not a fan of the Mini Rails. Okay. Then you probably want to move on from Mini Express. <laughs> I don't know. Just because one game I don't like. Uh, again, I didn't dislike Whistle Stop. I thought Whistle Stop was good. But even if I Not hated Whistle it. Stop, you mean Mini, Mini Rails. No, no, no. I'm saying Whistle oh, Stop. Well, I'm, Whistle Stop. I'm okay. saying whether I liked Missile Stop didn't affect how I felt about Whistle Mountain. Fair enough. Fair enough fair so the same yeah. thing might be here. Yep. Fleet the Dice game has been out for a couple of years, but now in Germany. Yep. Here's a new interesting one. Influentia. This is actually... A smaller box than this picture might make you think. It's <laughs> no, it's like this big. Yeah. Uh, it's a neat idea uh, where you're trying to influence or control the cyber traffic of implements, implants, to so the technosurgeons of Pisa. So I don't know. I'm just... by doing trick taking. Yeah, I know, but it's kind of a cool theme. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I just completely ignore it because it doesn't support two, so I'm happy to move on. But okay, I'm happy to trick takers out there. That they're still getting all the love. In case you thought Escape Tales was getting too nice and light. <laughs> Escape Tales, Children of Wormwoods. This is the third in this very dark escape room game that's also really good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so a, weird. It's they really good. Such a break. I mean, they could be an exit or an unlock series if they would just... I mean, you want to play these games with families. But... I'll tell it's you, so dark. Escape Tales Low Memory is broken into thirds. And I was sweating in the, f- the first third because of the story. Yeah. I don't, have you played that one? Um, we played, which one was the first one? Uh, we, we, uh, That's I, where I, the guy's wife was memory, dead. And we played the previous one, which was the Dreamscape one. Yes. Yeah, this one has, uh, Escape Tales Low Memory had three supposedly disconnected stories, which worked together. Oh, I see. I um, that. This one here is 
a it dark, looks like the mysterious one yet. Children of Wormwoods. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I'm still gonna play it. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Well, unfortunately, we are at uh, ten oh minutes gosh, left. Yeah. Well, we could talk about this all day. So, folks, here's your chance. Tell us a game. And we'll look for it. I'm just going to start zooming through these. Yeah, if there's anything that we didn't that's below 44 thumbs that we should have talked about. I'll tell you one because we were just a couple away from it. Mysterium Park is really good. Now, if I recall correctly, you're just kind of so-so on Mysterium. I wonder if this would turn you around because this is basically Mysterium Express. It takes half the time to play. You're only finding um, two uh, solutions instead of three. And it's just to the metal. It's... um, it, you know, it's as quick and um, uh, as compelling as Dixit, if Dixit were a cooperative game. And we were really blown away by it. And it works great for two. All right, we have to talk about Hallertau. All right. This... I have played it. They have not sent me a copy, so I know no, nothing about it. No, I'm just saying that this is a big Uwe Rosenberg in which he sure. tackles the new theme of farming. <laughs> He's going to crack that nut someday. I don't know. It's a big... Some people are saying it looks like a, a multiplayer version of uh, Fields of Arl. Okay. To me... It just, was weird that Fields of Arl did not support more than two. That was always so strange. Well, they did add the three-player expansion. Oh, did they? So, yeah, this is... Uh, I'm excited about this one, but that's because I just like Uwe Rosenberg's big box games. Not always, like, amazing, but he'll. T- <laughs> they always at least make me just have fun... Diving around and learning about a new yeah. game. Yep, it'll be it, it's it's definitely a must play. All right, well here comes the games from people. Okay, first we have the Time Stories. This is the new Time Stories Revolution: A Midsummer That's Night. That's a question. I would definitely. Ask. Are you going to go back, Tom, or are you done? No, nope, I'm done. You swore off it. Asma, they emailed me and said, "Would you like this?" And I said, "No." Uh, I sent it to one of my other reviewers, and I just. I can't keep putting emotional energy into a game that's going to disappoint me. No, it probably went to Brian. I think Brian is still Brian did on it. Board. Yeah. yeah. So that's fine. I don't have to play everything. You know, I, it's, I'm sure some people are going to love it, but I was just, I can only be hurt too many times. <laughs> All right. Viscounts. Is Viscounts on this list? Oh, Let me West look. Kingdom? Because I believe it's coming out now, but it may not be part of the official... Yeah, no, it's it's on this list somewhere. Oh no, but it wasn't Spiel. We we've uh, it, yep. it, it didn't make the, it would have been high on the list except we did the hey only Spiel associated whatever that means. But he's on such a roll right now. I assume it's a great game. Architects Paladins. It is back it to is back. Fantastic. Uh, it's a double. It's a rondelle within a rondelle mixed with kind of almost a programming game. It's really sharp. All right, the next one says Indus. Here we go. I found it. Build the Indus. Valley Civilization through Flip and Write. This is okay. from Crimson Studio, designed by Amit Gadge. Looks like a roll and write similar to the Cartographer. That's what it looks like, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that, I mean, that looks thing. that looks a lot like Cartographers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, again, not a bad thing. I mean, you copy good games to make good games, but. I hope it's good. Well, I mean, honestly, if it's just cartographers without the, oh, every couple of turns I take your card and spit all over it to ruin all your plans, I'd be very happy because I wanted to love cartographers, but it was just, why is there this take that in there? Why? I see Cosmic Frog game, but there's not one on this page. Okay, well, again, people are looking without the spiel limiter turned on. Oh, man, I would not have, I would not have looked at Indus had I seen that this person marked it four times. If you if you yell a lot at the can't at the us, I will not look at your game. In fact, that's rude to do that. Uh, oh, winter! You are retroactively removing Indus from this discussion. Winter Kingdom. Have you played this yet? No, it just showed up the other day. I'm very excited because, of course, you know I love me some Kingdom Builder, and I, and I know you loves you some Kingdom Builder. I did not like Kingdom Builder, I, but I like Winter Kingdom. Whoa. Does it have the amazing breakthrough of two cards in your hand instead no, of No, no. But what it does is it gives you other cards. It allows you to manipulate the card you have in your hand. So you okay. still play the card in your hand, put out the three houses, but then you have a card that lets you move a house from one to another. I have a card that lets me do... And you, the way you place the houses will give you money, depending on yep. each game is different. 
and then you use that money to build cards from your hand that gives you special abilities to manipulate and move these hassles all over the place and do stuff. It's a gamer version of Kingdom Builder, and I really that like it. That is really interesting. So it's still, every round I've got this one, this is what restricts me, but I have all these things I can do that I can earn money, pay for. That actually is very cool. I Wow. It. I am very, I'll, I'll be doing my review of it eventually, but I really, I went into it going, eh, here we go again. And I was very happy. Now, the only disadvantage is analysis paralysis will grind it to a halt. Okay. Because someone might sit there and go, oh, I can, oh, if I put this here, or I can put it, it over a, here. You have an explosion of options every oh, time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's one of those ones where, okay, you know, by the time my turn comes around, the board will have changed enough that I couldn't necessarily plan kind of a thing. All righty, let's see here. Wudakai, where is that? Wuta. What was it with the W? Yeah, I don't see that on here. Sorry. Uh, let's see what else we have. Oh, I think we caught up every everything people said. Um, Plankton Rising. Is that on here? Rising. Yeah, SpongeBob SquarePants Plankton Rising. Oh, <laughs> this is uh, a re a re implementation of Thanos Rising. Oh, is it? Okay. This is, I believe, the fifth one they did, Thanos if Rising. Play, if you can only play one Rising, which one should you play? I don't know yet because I haven't played the two new ones. There's Batman oh. and SpongeBob, although I'm kind of leaning towards the SpongeBob one just because it's different. Um, Marvel, Harry Potter, and Star Wars. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you which one. <laughs> rising for everybody. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, let's see here. Capital Lux. Oh, really? That is on here somewhere, I'm sure. Capital Lux 2, Generations. Yeah, that was the first one was a very sharp... Gosh, it came out quite a while ago, actually. I'm surprised it's getting a sequel. Uh, just a really sharp card combo, building up sets of cards game with really cool art. And I imagine this will have a bunch of new cool special powers. Again, I wonder if you can mix and match with the original. Probably. Oh, the escape rolling right. Well, I feel... Yes. For those of us who are still excited about rolling rights, this is probably in my top 10 most anticipated of this list. Really? Oh, God. I mean, I, 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 I look forward... I mean, we, we have played so much escape over the years. I, I love the idea of trying to catch that match. Escape. It'll be the same basic idea, but they'll do new and interesting things with it. I just don't get escape played as much. I love it a lot, but my kids refuse to play it because they got so... They were so nerve-wracked by the game. Yeah. Love it. Um, someone, someone said we need a bread rising. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know that's when it's jumped the shark. <laughs> when they've got every other IP they can do. Uh, the Shining Coded Chronicles. So this is uh, The Shining, but it is uh, it's called The Shining Escape from Overlook hotel i believe yeah this it is from the app op- one to 99 players yeah it's that's it means it's a cooperative game uh oh, oh, it's uh, an escape room style game. game no it's yeah, an yeah. escape room style game oh oh okay which sounds like it could be again a little jittery because you're playing you know in a pretty horrific setting yeah totally i'm gonna be showing this one off in my live play we're not going to be playing through the whole thing because we don't want to spoil it. Of course. So of course, there's yeah. two hours of it where you're trying to escape Jack. That's got to be stressful, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, but they said they used, they're used, they using the same system as they did the Scooby-Doo one, and that was a great system. I really liked it. You're tempting me to go back to play an escape game. I swore off them completely. Oh, really? You can you, you can talk about rolling rights, but escape <laughs> Yep. You've got your rolling right fatigue. I've got my escape room fatigue. But I loves me some Scooby-Doo. All righty, folks. Well, that is... Man, Okay. Yeah. We, we could have done this for three hours, probably. Yep. And, of course, some of these games will come out and be forgotten to the annals of time because it always happens. And some of these games will become mega hits. Well, maybe not mega hits, but hits. Then there's games that are coming out that aren't on that list because... One of the things that's different this year is they may not be releasing technically with the digital convention. They may not want to pay a company to do something digital. So, like, I we didn't see any games there from Plan B. 
We didn't see games from a few different companies. Like Plan B has bees coming out. Their sequel to Azul. So there's a lot of these things that are changing up the landscape. And in fact, if we don't have as many conventions next year, which could happen, maybe the idea of digital conventions will also die out. Who knows? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, well, who knows? You know. Um, are you gonna? Is there gonna be digital dice tower conventions in the future? Yeah, but I wouldn't call them a convention. I call them like a sh- uh, like a show, An event. right? Like yeah. we're doing a Winter Spectacular in December, but I wouldn't call that a convention. It's just like a, it's an event. Come watch us. Right. We're doing a bunch of stuff, but it's not really a convention. It's something different. It's something that we could do even if conventions were going on. Yeah. So, alrighty. Well, that's that. I will see you all um, on my own channel, hopefully tomorrow. And of course, Rado says he has playthroughs coming. You're gonna you're gonna see a lot of games talked about over the next two weeks it's gonna yeah, yeah. be I, overwhelming I'm gonna have a big blur to probably uh five or six run throughs this week trying to get a bunch some of the ones we talked about other ones we will be doing the live playthrough this weekend probably of the uh praga game and uh oh and i'm not done talking about this list folks so watch my channel and you will soon see i'm thinking probably a top 25 uh that'll be a bit more euro focused I'm pretty sure that was Euro-focused. We didn't talk about much non-Euro stuff. (laughs) There was, there's not a lot of uh, non-Euros on that list. In essence, yeah, this isn't Gen Con after all. All righty, until next time, I'm Tom Vassell. I'm Rotto, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have fun shopping. Yes, bye-bye.